Sox fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. And welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a great week of Ducks hockey to get you uh, caught up on. The Ducks had three games against Carolina, San Jose, and Ottawa. And they ended up winning all three this week. And they're now in first place in the Pacific Division. So you got to be you know, extremely happy about that. Uh, we're going to go through and answer a series of fan questions as well. Talk about some of the news with the team. And also, of course, look at uh, next week coming up. But if we go back to the, the first game this week, Eddie, it was kind of a, a wild ride uh, when Carolina came to town. Um, the, the Ducks, you know, they started out good in this game. Uh, Cognato got the first goal. Uh, but then after that, Carolina really, you know, pushed it on to the Ducks. And uh, it looked like Carolina was going to win this game. You know, they were up 5-3 to three with, uh, you know, a little over half of the uh, third period to go. But the uh, Ducks were able to rally. They got two goals. Uh, in the final four minutes of the game to force overtime and then go to a shootout, which they won. So it was a uh, you know a good victory, Eddie, uh, I guess, but you know not necessarily the way we wanted the team to play in this one. Yeah, it was closer than you would have expected. Not that Carolina is bad; they're actually playing pretty well of late until that game. But I mean, Carolina was missing their best player in, in Jordan Stahl, and you were expecting them to come out and. and you know, play a better game than they did. Obviously, they got the win, so you can't complain. And finally, won. You know, after regulation, which is good. But you know, they scored first. It looked to go well. Obviously, you know, Tervainen. Uh, you can't blame Gibson on that shot. Uh, it kind of was rolling. It went top corner. Can't really com- uh, complain on that one. But you know, they came out in the second period. And didn't really play good for the first. Uh, you know, first half of that second period, they got scored on twice. And you know it was uh, it was a disappointing start because you you thought that in the from the first period even getting scored on late they were they were kind of controlling the play for most of the first and they they just kind of fell asleep for parts of of the game and and they got uh, you know, victimized during the second period for doing that and as well in the third and you know for one of the first times this season we saw them actually being able to fight back they grabbed two goals within the last four minutes Perry finally broke his slump. Um, and they're able to, to win it, luckily, in, in a shootout, which is something we haven't seen this season. So it's nice to see them finally be able to close out a game, especially one that they didn't play too well in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the way that this game had started out, I mean, you, you know, the first period seemed okay. And then the second period, it, oh, my God, it was just terrible. So um, for them to come back and win this game, not play well, like you said, too, they finally won after going you know, into overtime. The Ducks had lost every time after regulation. Uh, of course, we, we talk about the Islander game, and that's the sore spot where we know we, that the Ducks should have won that one. But it was good to see them win in this. Uh, you know, Some other notes in here, too. You know, Nason uh, came up and played. He had uh, his first goal this season with the Ducks, so that was fantastic. Um, you know, some of the goals players have been playing really well, especially on the third and fourth line. Um, Perry started getting hot. You know, we'll talk about that this week. He actually got two goals in the last three games, which is good because we needed that. So some of the stuff that we talked about on the show last week, Eddie, you know, the Ducks started doing in this game, you know, they didn't play well defensively, obviously, but at least offensively, they started getting, you know, everybody involved. Richie with the sixth. Uh, like I said, Perry starting to get warmed up, and then you know, obviously the other goals players as well. So I, I think that was probably the positive in this game is that you know, a they won uh, a game after regulation, but b uh, the team offensively, you know, more of the players were getting involved. 
Yeah, and it was good to see we saw that in this game, and, and you know we'll talk about it in the Ottawa game too. We saw pretty much everybody get a point except for a couple forwards in that game as well. So it's good. It's good to see all the the lines get involved. Obviously, Perry to finally break that slump and get one. We, you know, you got goals from from Richie and, and Vermette's line, and Richie getting his six, like you said. Uh, Kessler grabbed one. Nason grabbed one. So you're getting goals from pretty much every line in that one because Nason, uh, Cache, uh, or sorry, Nason, Cramarosa, and Shaw were the fourth line in that game. So you got goals from each line, which was something that they really needed to get uh, for you know one of the probably one of the first times of the season they got a goal from every line. Um, and it was nice to see those guys go out there and Nason and Kramaros and Garbett play on the, on that fourth line. Uh, they had a lot of energy. It was uh, interesting to see them out there. And obviously, can, you know, congrats to Nason for finally getting his first NHL goal. Uh, but yeah, it, it's something that we hope we can see from them now. Um, in the beginning of the season, they were kind of struggling to score goals. They were relying on Getzlaff and Perry. And when they weren't on, we we're hoping that Kessler, Silverberg, and, and Cogliano could get some goals. But now that they seem to have that chemistry uh, among at least the top three lines. We've Lately, we've seen the fourth line get some chemistry with uh, the young guns playing on that line. But, you know, to have three set lines so far, it's nice to see them progress. You know, and another thing, too, in this game is, is what about Andre Casse in the shootout? I mean, he had an awesome one earlier. You know, the Ducks were in the other one. But in this one, he, did, he went with the same move. And, I mean, you just have to be impressed with this guy. I mean, I really think that he's going to do well for this team. I mean, not just in the shootouts. I mean, obviously, he's getting more and more points during the actual games. But, well, I mean, what a move. And that, you know, proved to be the one that uh, helped the Ducks win and get the two points uh, in the shootout, Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, it was the exact same move he did before. So I don't think he'll be able to do the exact same thing again. I think people <laughs> will be on to him. But, yeah, I, I mean, it was great. It was good for him to get that uh, two great goals we've seen him score in the shootout now and like you said he's obviously been contributing outside in regular play too as well um he you know he's got i believe five points now in in the 13 games that he's played which is something we definitely didn't expect for him when he when he first came up but not only does he get the points he plays with energy and and that line has turned out to be a really effective line you know effective two-way line for the ducks and, and richie Matt and, and Casse. So uh, I think it's great for what he's done so far. Obviously winning the game in, in the shootout in this game and getting uh, an assist in that in that game as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he trends to the end of the season. Yeah, and speaking about that, you know, we're talking about all these goals players coming up to play. I mean, uh, it, it seems like it's the Anaheim goals team now because, uh, you know, after this game against Carolina, the Ducks put uh, Ryan Garbutt on waivers. Uh, later, we, you know, he, he passed waivers and he was assigned to San Diego, as you all found out after the fact. But at the time, of course, everybody's upset, you know, wondering what the heck's going on. He gets sent down. Uh, of course, we had to, you know, wait the 24 hours. Hopefully, he clears those waivers and he did and everything. And now you look at the Ducks, you know, bottom six in these last two games, San Jose and Ottawa. And uh, also with Raquel coming back. Now, the bottom six, you have Richie, Vermitt, Casse. Camarosa, Nason, and Shaw. So you got five out of six of your, you know, your bottom six forwards from the goals team. I mean, it's just it's just crazy, Eddie, to see that you know almost half of the forwards are guys that you know haven't played that much. And I remember there was a stat that they put out there of Vermette playing like you know nine hundred plus games, and the other five uh, you know forwards only play like a hundred something. I mean, it's just crazy. It's something we talked about in the beginning of the season that we would need to see. Though we we talked about how they didn't really do you know they didn't really acquire too many guys in the off season other than obviously Vermette. Um, 
And, you know, we needed guys to step up and play. Nason was one guy we talked about. He finally has seemed to establish himself on that fourth line. Uh, Cramarosa, obviously, we talked about him because of the, the great camp that he had. Uh, Richie needed to step up. Uh, and uh, now acquiring Logan Shaw, he's played, you know, he's played an okay job, but he's just, he's provided energy on that fourth line. And then obviously Kashe as well. Uh, just all those guys have come out uh, and, and done well and, and earned a spot on this roster. And that's something they've needed because they didn't have those uh, additions in the offseason. And obviously Theodore has come up and he's played really well as late. His offense has finally started to get going. He's got three assists in his last two games. So it's great to see those guys get going because it's something they're going to need if they're going to if they're not uh, going to continue to the playoffs without making any big moves to to acquire a top six forward. Yeah, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the fan questions, but we do have one question about Garbutt. We'll kind of take now, and and uh, you know, Melissa asks why did they put Garbutt on waivers, which I think was like the message I got five hundred times over when it happened uh, that day. And what do you think uh, about this move? I mean, the Ducks, you know, they saved a little bit of money, 900000 as it was reported out there, because, you know, Dallas is still paying part of his uh, uh, deal from, you know, going back to Chicago and all that stuff. But what do you think? Do you think it's these younger guys uh, uh, beating him out, playing better? Um, what's your take on, on why they sent him down? I think they just impressed with how that line gelled i mean he's been playing on the fourth line for for the whole season it's not like he's been bad he's brought energy each game he had three points i believe uh mm-hmm. in the 27 games that he played not expecting him to get a lot of points so that's not surprising there um but i think they were just happy with the f- how nason and cremorosa and shaw played together uh for the one game that they played and obviously again in san jose and you know i think that's why they're maybe a little bit delayed in sending him down. They're kind of testing it out, seeing how it worked. And from what we've seen in the three games that they've played together, they've brought a lot of energy. Uh, they've been able to pot a couple goals. And, um, you know, I think that's the main reason he got sent down. Um, I know I'd, it's nothing against him. I think he's played decent to this point. He played in every game that they had played. So it was a little bit surprising in that sense to see him get sent down. And obviously a lot of people mad that Bull didn't get sent down. But, yep. I mean... I was surprised he didn't get picked up. Usually you see those type of players, I mean, they're valuable on teams' fourth lines. You know, a guy like Garbert will bring some energy. I'm glad he didn't. Um, And now he'll be able to get some playing time with the goals. And and to me, that's better than him sitting in the press box where Bull's sitting right now and not playing. Uh, At least if he he can go down to the goals, help them them play, get some confidence, and and get some games under his belt. And, And eventually, if they decide to bring him back up, you know, I don't know how long Logan Shaw will last on this team. I think he's the most likely guy to to, to be up and down in the lineup. Uh, so the possibility of him coming back up, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see him sometime in, in this season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think part of it was the fact that these young, you know, younger guys have been playing better. And like we said, it's it's kind of the Anaheim goals team now these last couple games. Um, I think part of it too is a little bit of the cap, and we'll, we'll talk about it later as we talk about trades and whatnot. And then, you know, looking forward because they get a little bit more cap relief and we'll talk about Nate Thompson and all those other kind of issues. We've got questions about him as well. But I, I agree with you. I think when the move first made, I was just like everybody else. I was like, okay, you're sending this guy through waivers. And like you mentioned, he's a great guy to pick up as a utility guy that can play on the fourth line. You know, he can, you know, get some goals here and there. He, he doesn't play terrible defense, uh, good checker and whatnot. So, I was a little concerned too. I, I was like, "Oh man, you know, we're going to wait the next day at nine o'clock, and we're going to see, you know, somebody claimed him." Um, so I thought it was a calculated risk by Murray, 
and you know, it paid off for now. But like you said, I, I think it's good that he's going down there and and playing because when Raquel came back, uh, you know, Raquel went back to the uh, the first line. Richie bumped down to the third. So kind of bumped Garvin out for now. But like you said, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be gone completely. Um, we're going to have to wait and see, too, with Bowl. Bowl's been kind of pushed out, too. They've both been out of it now the last, you know, couple games here. So with that, you know, the Ducks went into the game against San Jose. Another big battle, you know, on, on this point in time, they were tied. A uh, point out of first, you know, back at, at this point of the season. And uh, this, this was a game where, you know, the Ducks – Played well and didn't play well at some points. I mean, they, they started out um, in the first period, and, you know, Raquel comes back after come, you know, a couple days off, immediately scores in the first four minutes. Uh, Vermette adds a goal. Uh, so everything looked great in the first period. The Ducks were rolling, you know, 2-0. They are taking it to the Sharks. Uh, the Sharks get a late power play. Uh, Brent Burns scores just after it expires, which, you know, we saw this happen in the Carolina game where they, you know, Carolina scored late, too. So... Ducks carried that two to one edge in the second period. In the second period, you know they didn't quite play as well. Um, they got out of it tied two two, uh, but then the Ducks played a good third period. Uh, we finally saw Lindholm get a goal, and the Ducks really just put the clamps down on the Sharks defensively in that period, Eddie. Yeah, and the issue is, I mean, the Sharks have been one of the worst teams in giveaways this season. They, they gave away the pucks nineteen times in this game. But amazingly enough, the Ducks actually gave it away more. They gave it away 20 times, and I think that was their issue in this game. And you know, normally you don't want to give away the puck more than a team who gives it away the most in the NHL. And I think <laughs> exactly. in that aspect, they were you know it, it good on them for getting the win and coming back from that. Um, you know, the Burns goal you can't really blame that. That wasn't really due to a giveaway, and I, neither really was the the Kevin LeBanc goal. But you know that, that that never helps. You you want to have possession, especially when when the Ducks win fifty percent of the faceoffs, fifty seven sorry percent of the faceoffs. You know they're they're starting with it most of the time. So um, that second period was a little bit tough, but I think that they did play pretty much like twenty or nineteen minutes and fifty five seconds of a strong first period. Yes. Other than Brent Burns scoring that goal, and then they came out in, in the third and really played strong and, and rewarded with uh, with Lindholm getting his first of the season. So I think it was a big win. Obviously, with the Sharks being their stiffest competition in the Pacific Division right now, is a huge uh, four-point game for them. And you're seeing it in the standings right now. I mean, they've got sole possession of first in the Pacific Division. Even if the Sharks win that game they have in hand, they're only tied with 35 points. So, you know, already that was a big game for them. Yeah, another you know storyline in this too that you know wasn't really talked about too much, but you had Martin Jones going against Bernier, so you had the former you know L.A. duel going on here, and uh, it was a pretty good one. Uh, you know, and Bernier came out uh, winning this one, Eddie. Like you said, I, I like the way Bernier played. Both those goals, I you know couldn't really put them on him, and I, I really thought that he kept the Ducks uh, in this game in the second period because the second period was where San Jose did turn it on a little bit and possibly could have got a lead. So I thought that was good to see and, and see Bernier and, you know, Jones battle it out. Yeah. And Bernier needed this one too, after getting blown out against Calgary and, and, and being put in there for all eight goals of that game. So, I mean, it was good for him to, to come back and, and have a good game after and rebound from that. Um, like you said, there was not much he could really do. You can't blame him on those two goals. Um, so he had a solid game, and he's playing against a really good goalie, like you said, Martin Jones, who's been great for San Jose this season, uh, and he was great in this game. He made a lot of key stops for them, and the Ducks were lucky to get, uh, especially that last one, they were lucky to get that one by him. That was mm-hmm. a little bit of a weak shot by, by Lindholm, and it snuck through. So a uh, big game by both guys, and, and luckily in the end, Bernier was able to rebound and win it for the Ducks. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the other thing I liked in this game is uh, how about Camarosa? I mean, this guy, I, I swear, every time he gets in a fight, it's like, holy crap. I mean, you see him in this fight against Wingles, and, I mean, he waves off the linesman. And it's like, no, 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 we still got time. And then he goes and just pulverizes him. I mean, holy cow, man. Uh, Camarosa, I've just been impressed with him. I mean, Bowl gets in these fights, and yeah, yeah, whatever. But, I mean, Camarosa really knows how to handle his own. I mean, he's uh, impressed me with not, not only playing offense and defense on both sides of the puck, but he is one tough dude, Eddie. Well, that I mean, that's something I didn't expect from him. He doesn't look like he's going to be the toughest guy. He's not the same. He's not as big as Bull by any means. But, I mean, from the two fights that he's had, he's easily won both of them. And he's impressed me. And You know, Bull was brought in pretty much to be a, a tough guy and to fight. And Cramarosa has outshone him in two fights this season that he's had. <laughs> he's easily won both. And, and I think that's a reason we don't see him in the lineup anymore. I mean, yeah. Camarosa can come in. He's he's put up points. You know, he scored in the game against Ottawa, and he's destroyed the two guys that he's fought this <laughs> season. And the only other guys who've really fought, you've seen Biaxa fight a couple times. You've seen Manson fight, and and really Manson and and Camarosa, they can fight and they can put up points and they can play a strong game both you know, two ways on the ice. So I think it's it's great that he can do that because you're going to eventually need a guy who can fight. But the fact that Camarosa not only is a good fighter, he mantled the two guys he had, and he can do other things on the ice too. Is great. It's great to have that uh, in the Ducks lineup. Yeah, I, I think he's a well-rounded player, you know, and I think that uh, he's definitely going to be on the lineup for you know hopefully most of the rest of the season. Um, you know, uh, the Ducks then and this week uh, after beating San Jose. They then hosted Ottawa in the early game on Sunday. You know, usually those games are at 5 o'clock uh, Pacific, but this one was at 1 o'clock. And like you said, you know, Camarosa scored in this one. And this was the Ducks' best game of the week. I mean, they just took it to the centers in the beginning. They built the 3-1 to one lead. Uh, you know, Camarosa got it started off. It was his second goal uh, with the Ducks. Uh, Perry got another one. We got him on there as well. Finally, you know, like we said, two out of three. Uh, even Votnin, you know, made an appearance in the third period. So the Ducks really took it to the centers. Um, I think the special teams was huge in this one. You know, three out of four on the power play. Um, on the penalty kill, they they also killed three out of four there. Um, and it's just a really good win for the Ducks. You know, the centers uh, second place behind Montreal. They were, you know, they haven't been playing terrible, uh, but you know, a, a good all around win uh, out of all uh, the three games. This was definitely the best by far, Eddie. Yeah, and they, and they took advantage of the fact that the Sens had played a game against the Kings the the afternoon before. They played a four o'clock game uh, against the Kings the, on the Saturday, so they took advantage in the first period. Kramer also scored early. Obviously, Zingle got one back in the power play for the Sens, but uh, it was a, bit, a big game for the power play in this game. Perry gets his first power play goal of the season. Vermette gets one, like you said, and and then Votnin as well gets one. So uh, for to go three for four in any game, you have a good chance of winning, especially with the Ducks' record when scoring three or more goals this season. So. It was a big one, too, for, for all lines. I, I mean, every line got a goal. Cramarosa got one for the fourth line. Perry got one, although on the power play for the first line. Vermette grabbed one also on the power play. And then Richie grabbed one uh, for, for their line as well. So just a strong game. Pretty much every every Duck forward had a point except for Cogliano, and Shaw, and Nason. Um, and, you know, uh, Theodore got another point in this game too. So I think it was, like you said, their strongest effort from the road trip. And and they took all the good things that they did in in Carolina in that game and took it all the bad things. And it was a really strong game for them. 
You know, another thing that happened, too, in this game, we kind of talked about it before, is, you know, we saw what happened with Bernier uh, in Calgary. Then he comes back and plays a strong game in San Jose. We saw what happened with Gibson in Carolina in that game, obviously not having his best game. Then he comes back and has a good game in Ottawa. So one good thing this week is that both goalies, you know, uh, had bad games, you know, earlier last week, uh, you know, the beginning of this week, and then they both uh, responded in both games, Eddie. Yeah, it's good to see them come back, like we said, with Bernier coming back from that, that bad game against the Flames, and then for Gibson to come out and have a... You know, he didn't get too many shots against in this game. He only faced 22 shots, but to only let in the one goal, it was a good effort from him. He had a, he was tested a couple times in this game uh, from, from some dangerous sense forward, so it was important for him to rebound, like you said. You know, He's our number one guy. He's got to have more good games than bad if the Ducks are going to expect a challenge for the Pacific Division this season. For, for him to get as much confidence as he can and, and play a good game here, it bodes well for, for the beginning of this road trip. And, you know, speaking of the goalies, you know, uh, Conan went in this one after going against L.A., and then obviously he got pulled out and Hammond came in. D- did you think that, you know, maybe the Senators should have started Hammond instead? I I have no idea. Like, the Sens goalie situation is so it's so unique this season because Craig Anderson's wife has cancer. You never know if he's going right. to be in the lineup. Right. I personally thought he was actually going to start this game, so I didn't uh, I didn't know that Condon would go. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I am surprised that they didn't start Hammond. Um, I know they had recently waived him, and he was up um, just for the fact that if Anderson couldn't play, he was up. But right. it is interesting to, to, you know, they played a game against the Kings, you know, not 24 hours earlier. Right. They didn't have a great game in that one. They lost 4-1. to one. So I was surprised to see him go in this one. And, and you know, Hammond came in, and, and he didn't play great, but he had a better game uh, than Condon right. did. So it, it was surprising. Um you know, if they, if he had played a great game against the Kings, it would have been more than likely. We've seen Gibson go back to back this season after playing mm-hmm. a good game the game before. But the fact that they lost four to one and he didn't play great in that game was was a little bit surprising. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit interesting too. And you know what else was surprising is uh, there was uh, somebody sitting by the penalty box uh, by the Senators. I don't know who that guy was. Some, some dorky guy drinking a, a beer that you may uh, recognize, but. Uh, um, you know, usually I'm sitting <laughs> high up in the 400s like everybody else. And so I, uh, I surprised my wife at this game. She never really sat down by the glass. And honestly, I've only been down there a couple of times. So we ended up getting some seats in the second row um, next to the the sin bin, as I called it, the S-E-N-B-I-N. And uh, I had a good time. I mean, it was, it was kind of funny sitting there. And I learned a few things that I'll, I'll pass along with everybody. But this is kind of interesting. I didn't realize I, you know, got there a little bit early and I sat down and, you know, was pushing on the glass there on the penalty box. And then I didn't realize that it moved a couple inches back and forth, which uh, the usher uh, promptly came over and talked to me. And um, nothing bad. The ushers, they're all nice there and, and no big deal. But I guess apparently the glass does move a little bit in the box. And if you push it, you can be booted out of the game. So that's something to keep in mind. And you also can't, you know, uh, and try to interact with the players. I guess that's kind of why uh, you, you don't see the Vancouver Green guys anymore, Eddie. So I guess, you know, I, I did take some photos and I know everybody saw those, but you can't go too over the board uh, down there, Eddie. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's something we, we just, you, like, you don't really notice it's gone until you think about it. Like, yep. I didn't really, until we, you brought it up and I really thought about it, I haven't seen or heard from, from the Green Men in, in, in Vancouver for a long time, or like you mentioned to me, the space guy in, in Florida or, or anything like that. You just don't really notice it until then. And I mean, uh, obviously, lucky for you, you didn't get kick, kick, kicked out of the game. <laughs> exactly. It was a pretty good game. It would have been pretty bad to, to miss out on that. 
Yeah, exactly. I ended up just just taking photos, and I was messing around a little bit with Zingle because he went in there twice in the penalty box. But he was a really nice guy. He gave the kid in front of us a, a, a hockey puck, so he was he was really cool. So it was all good. I just took a few photos. And obviously, you guys saw on the TV too. There's there's one where I guess one of I can't remember who somebody was in the box, and I'm sitting there drinking my beer, looking over. So it was kind of funny. But that second row, I guess, is you know I didn't realize that was the row. Because I had looked at the first row uh, tickets, but we ended up going with that row. So that was a fun experience and a good early Christmas present for my wife. And, of course, the blowout 5-1, to one, that helped make things better. So fun times. I mean, you'll usually see me in the 400. I won't. I probably won't be down there, you know, too many, um, you know, other games. But anyways, um, it was a fun time. Just wanted to pass that along so you guys know some of the rules, uh, you know, in case you sit down there. Or if you already do sit down there, maybe you know. But um, anyways, with that, we're going to switch over now. We, you know, we talked about all the games. We're going to get to your fan questions and talk about what's going on with the team and the players. And uh, the first question we're going to go with, Eddie, uh, comes from Hunter. He asks about Bieksa and why does he play so much? And uh, why do the Ducks still use him so much, basically, on the ice and the de- on the defense? Well, t- to be fair, for, for the last three games, he's actually either played the least amount of ice time or he's been... Uh, second lowest behind behind Shea Theodore, so he hasn't really played that much. Uh, the most he's played is just over 17 minutes in, in the last three games. He's been playing on that bottom pairing, which I think suits him. You know, he he shouldn't be playing 18, 19, 20 minutes a game. It's just not he's just not that guy anymore, like he was in in, uh, in Vancouver. He doesn't have the legs to do that anymore. The game's a lot faster than it used to be. Um, so I, I don't really think he's really being played that much. I mean, you have to play him. Uh, you you can't rely on, on Fowler and uh, Lindholm and Vaughton to play like 30 minutes a night. You've got to play him. And I think he's been okay lately. Uh, I mean, you, you can't expect too much out from him. I know I, we've all been harsh on him this season, and at times he's he's deserved it. But lately he's he's gotten better. And, and really the, the reason he's in the lineup is because you need a guy like that on your team. You mentioned the, the, to me to this to me before there's not too many guys in the ducks lineup that can hit you know they're they're relatively small in the way that they play in the blue line you know fowler's not going to lay anybody out really Votnin he he does hit people but he's not an overly big guy uh theodore as well he he's not really going out there to hit anybody the the real two big guys you have are manson and bx and then lindholm eventually will will lay the body on some guys as well but you know he's in there to be that solid guy and that's why stoner is in there and and, and when we see him come back he might check in for for probably theodore unfortunately but those are those are the reasons why those guys are there and, and i'm fine with him playing 15 16 17 minutes a night uh he's not even getting penalty kill time most of that is going to Fowler, Vatanen, Lindholm, and Manson. So, you know, as long as he's out there just for five on five, he's playing a strong defensive game, I- I'm fine with him being on the ice. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, as long as he's been doing like he has the last few games, and like you said, he's not playing as much time. Uh, the other issue, too, is, you know, Stoner's been out for a little while now. Um, Holzer hasn't played as much either. So, you know, the Ducks, you, you can't go with too many two-way defensemen. I mean, yeah, it may sound fun, but, I mean, you look at the Ducks, you know, six guys that they're playing these last few games, you've got four two-way defensemen and and two stay-at-home. Uh, you know, I, me personally, the ideal situation is three of each. I mean, you know, that doesn't always work out, obviously. But um, with the Ducks, they're going to have to have at least two um, and and maybe check Stoner back in when he gets healthy or Holzer against some of the, you know, the bigger teams. But like you said, I, I agree. I, I think he's doing fine for now. And, you know, there's nothing really to, to do to change it. I mean, I know he's not everybody's favorite player, 
But, I mean, if you look at the last couple games, he hasn't been making major mistakes. Uh, he's been playing solid. As long as he hits guys and, and plays that same role and, and the third-pairing role, I think we'll be okay. So um, with that, uh, we have another question here. Uh, this one's about uh, Nate Thompson uh, from Tasha. She asks, you know, when Nate Thompson comes back, do we anticipate him going on to the fourth line? Um, which is a great question, uh, especially because we've been talking about, you know, the Anaheim goals, quote unquote, team now that we, you know, kind of got with all these young guys playing on the on the third and fourth line. Um, I, I think he would, Eddie. I think when Nate Thompson uh, is healthy and ready to go, you know, you see him posting these um, videos and photos of himself on, on Instagram and social media of him working out and stuff like that. Obviously, he's, he's been working hard to come back. Um, he was even at the game the other night, uh, you know, before he could take photos and stuff. So he's hanging around. I think that when he comes back, he will play that fourth line. I think that's the role that he's going to play. I mean, it's going to be tough because you're going to have to send someone down. And I don't know. It might be maybe Shaw. You mentioned that earlier. It might be the one that goes down or maybe Nason. I don't know. It's going to be somewhere in there. I mean, I, I don't see them sending Casse or Cramarosa down. Those two have been playing outstanding, Eddie. So I, I think that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, and the fact that the top three lines have kind of uh, settled themselves out and established uh, who's going to be on those lines right now, it, you know, it, it kind of does just check in on that fourth line. That's where we kind of expected him to. We talked about maybe at the beginning of the season, maybe Raquel playing center, but he's kind of settled in on the wing uh, on Getzloff and Perry's wing right now. So, yeah, I think there's only really two spots that he can take right now, and, and it's probably either Nason or, or Logan Shaw, and, and I think that depends on, on how well both of those guys are playing by the time he comes back. And we mentioned that we might eventually see Garbutt come back too eventually, so, I mean, you could eventually see a fourth line where it's Cramarosa, Thompson, and Garbutt, and, and that's not bad either. I mean, you've got two spots where you can make changes right now, which is good, and, and obviously Cramarosa, Nason, and Shaw are playing well right now, but you know, by the time Thomas is ready to come back, I think he definitely has a lock in on that fourth line. And you know, they're already a scary team up the middle, uh, the mm-hmm. top faceoff team in the league. And then you bring yep. in another guy who can win at least fifty percent of the draws. Uh, they're they're going to get even scarier down the middle with him back. You know, and, th- and this whole thing with you know Thompson coming back, uh, obviously the salary cap issues. Uh, we don't have an update under Prey still, um, but you know whatever that how that's going to work out. But the Ducks are going to have to do something. And we've got tons of questions about trades and, and you know, uh, players coming back and what they're going to do. Uh, you know, we have Richard asks about uh, Colorado, which, you know, you and I talked about this during the week. And I mentioned it in the article when um, Garbert went down on waivers and whatnot was assigned to uh, San Diego. Um, I think that's one of the teams that we could look at, Eddie. I mean, you know, I know that uh, Duchesne's name has come up before, Landis Cog's name has come up before. Um, what do you think? You know, if, you know, when Nate Thompson comes back, the Ducks try to make a, a move because of you know the, the salary cap issues. Uh, do you look at Colorado and some of the players there as a potential, or, or maybe they go shopping somewhere else? Yeah, it's a weird situation with the Ducks. I mean, when Nate Thompson comes back. Um, I I don't know exactly if we're like at the beginning of the season we knew that when he would come back they might not be able to have the cap space to make any moves because they're on the, the injured reserve with the the call ups and and, and uh, assignments to San Diego I'm not sure if they are still actually under or over the cap when he comes back but it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, I mean with Colorado in that respect to the question I think you know they just got thrashed ten one by by Montreal. 
and they're on the verge of probably making some kind of, of big move there to, to shake up their lineup. Uh, I mean, a lot of the blame went on, on Patrick Wall when he left, and, and a lot of people thought that this team was finally going to turn it around and play really, really well this year, but they're actually sitting tied for the bottom with the Arizona Coyotes right now. They've been, they, they can't score any goals this season. Defensively, they haven't been great. Goaltending has been, uh, barring that game that they had against Toronto where Varlamov stopped 51 shots, they haven't been that great this season. Um, so you, you look at everybody on that team possibly being available other than Nathan McKinnon. Um, right. And it, it's, you look at guys on that team like Matt Duchesne, you look at uh, Gabriel Landeskog, Drew McGinley's name has actually come up in the last few days of, of him possibly going to a team that's going to be a contender. So you look at all those guys as possible options. Now, they they all carry heavy cap hits. You know, again, like carries over $5 million. Duchesne has got to be at least over 6 Landeskog's probably up in that in that range as well. So making any move for the Ducks is going to be difficult. If you see any of those guys come over, uh, maybe not in a, a Ginless case. In a Ginless case, they would probably have to retain some cap. But for either Duchesne or Landeskog, you would expect the Ducks to probably either send Fowler or Vaughton back the other way. And with the way they're playing right now, you just don't. I don't know if that could happen. You know, the, yeah. the, we know that the expansion draft is coming up, and and you only can protect three defensemen, and that kind of leaves Manson the the odd man out right now. But we we heard these kind of uh, rumors with when Flurry was talked about in Pittsburgh. You could always trade. The, the Las Vegas franchise a pick to not pick Josh Manson, and, mm-hmm. and that's still an option. And, and you know they are a, a new team, and they're obviously looking for younger guys. But Vermet is still an option for them, and, and BX is still an option for them. And and, and really for the Ducks, it, it all depends on what they're going to do. I think if you can get one of those guys, you know it may, it might be worth moving, say a guy like Botnin because you have Montour, who kind of plays a similar role, almost ready to play in the NHL. But I also think it depends on, on if he gets any time this season to see how ready he is and, and if he can make an immediate impact. If he comes up and he plays amazing and he, and he plays at a similar level to what Votnin can do, then they have a really valuable trade piece that they can move and they can avoid any issues uh, come expansion draft. But it, it's tough to say what they're going to re- do right now. And the Ducks won't be the only team in on players in Colorado. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, the, they've always been in uh, on Duchesne, and they're looking for a top center, so they'll be in hot. And I just I don't think the Ducks, unless they move Fowler or Votnin, have the assets to compete with some of these other teams right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I don't know if they will make some kind of a deal with Colorado. I think I think it's a little bit difficult too. Like you said, the cap hits are way too huge mm-hmm. for some of these players that you know the names have been thrown around out there that you've been you know uh, mentioning and that you know other people have seen as well. So um, I, I do think if you go back and we just focus on the Ducks and you know Garrett asked this question you brought up too. He talks about okay, well the draft's coming up. You know we got to try and get out of the cap space. And you know Garrett says, would you trade Botnin or Fowler? Um, and I, I think it's a very difficult question. Um, you know, of course, over the summertime, everybody was like, oh, Fowler, he's the one, he's going to be gone, yada, yada, yada. Um, then the season starts and he's exploded and he's been the best Ducks defenseman by far. I mean, as far as scoring, penalty killing, everything, he's just been, he's been doing a great job. Not to say Votnin hasn't been playing well, but Votnin hasn't done as well. And, you know, you've got two guys with, you know, contracts, you know, four or five million uh, range that you can, you know, kind of work with. So I think those are the two that you would have to look at. I mean, if you look at the other defensemen, uh, obviously Stoner was sent down. Nobody picked him up. 
that the Ducks have always been pretty big on keeping uh, Hampus Lindholm long term, and obviously they got that deal done. I mean, I know they got the the Botnar one done too, um, but that's kind of where you're at. And you know, Dupre is unfortunately, you know, he's not doing well either, so I don't see him getting moved out. Bieksa has this no movement clause, so I, I, to me, it really comes down that these two guys, the Ducks, are going to trade someone to get back under the cap. I mean. The only other thing I could see is maybe if they're able to send you know some of the goals players down, uh, make enough room uh, for Thompson to come back, and then if Dupre is still out, then maybe they just stay under there if he stays under the long-term injury reserve. But either way, you, you would think that they'd move one or the other, and I think you're right. If they go with Botnin, you're able to bring up Montour, and Montour fills that similar role. I think that's the direction they would head. But, man, Eddie, it's, it's a really tough decision. Yeah, it's because you don't see something like this come that often, and it creates a lot of different avenues. In the like When I've heard that you could actually trade the Vegas team uh, compensation to not pick one of your players, it opens up a whole new avenue that the Ducks could take. Now, obviously, they're going to go the route of eight four or seven forwards, I think three defensemen and a goalie. Yeah. They're going to have to protect Vaughn and Fowler and Lindholm if, they, if no trades are made, and obviously that exposes Manson. That creates the possibility, like I said, to maybe trade them a compensation pick to not take Manson. Now, obviously, they don't have to take that, and if they're really high on Manson, they would take him. And, and you know, I, for one, wouldn't want to lose him for free. Um, but it all depends on what they're going to do. And, and really, to answer the question, well, who would I rather move for a top left wing? Um, I think at the beginning of the season, we all said Fowler just because that seemed like the most likely option. Um, and, and obviously, with Watton signing his co- new contract and everything like that, but... You look at how well Montour has played for the goals this season, how similar of a player you know he is to Votnin. Um, the fact that he can quarterback a power play. Uh, you know, I would think he's the most likely one to go, but it's still a tough trade to pull off because if, if you're looking to go deep in the playoffs, you would have to hope that you would have to know that Montour is ready to fill that role. I think you would have to you would have to know that. I think Bob Murray and and, and Randy Carlyle would have to know that he's ready or somebody is ready to come up and fill that role because you know you trade away Vaughn and yes you get a great goal scorer, a top six goal scorer to come in, but you lose that top four defenseman that you don't have anybody to replace them with. Right. I mean you know Stoner comes in and Bieksa pushes up in the lineup that makes you significantly weaker on the back end, especially moving the puck up the ice. So I think the only way he gets moved or really anybody gets moved right now is is Montour would have to come up and prove that he's ready to play in the NHL um and if we see him come up you know after the Christmas break I think that then we could start talking about this and sparking some rumors a little bit more um but you know I hope that he gets a chance and and if he comes up and plays well then then that will change things for the Ducks for sure yeah, I agree with everything you said. I, I think right now the Ducks are still going to be in the holding pattern. Obviously, you know, the trade deadline's, you know, a little bit away still. We still got a couple months here. But, you know, with uh, Garbutt going down uh, and then all these other rumors coming out of Colorado, uh, you know, we've talked about other teams before Toronto, Detroit, things like that. Those are mentioned in the article and there's several articles that we've talked about those that have been kind of going on and on and on for the last couple of months. Uh, is where the Ducks are at. But I think the Ducks are going to stay in this holding pattern. I, I don't think they're going to do anything, you know, in the next 
little while. I know I mentioned in the article that the scouts were at some of the games back east looking at some of the teams and stuff, but everybody's doing that. They're all looking at it now. It's December. You know, Next, it's going to be January. That, that's what all the teams do. Um, they look around. I don't think there's anything that's going to happen right away or anything like that. But I, I do think that some other players that could come up is, you know, maybe Garbutt. Maybe Garbutt does get moved too. I, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with some of these younger guys. And if they keep playing the way that they are, it's really going to dictate, I think, what Murray and the Ducks are going to do uh, in two months, Eddie. Yeah, and like you said, the, the, I mean, they're looking at options right now, but they're in no hurry to do anything. Um, you know, you've got... It's an interesting year. We've mentioned this multiple times. I mean, I just rambled on for about five minutes saying, oh, it's an interesting <laughs> year because of the expansion draft, but it really is. You don't see this happen that often. It adds a whole new element to the trade deadline and to decisions that you have to make as the general manager. So um, it all depends on how, how guys play. Like you said, if some of the young guys play well, if, if you know, Kase has been a, a real surprise for the Ducks this year, Cramarosa has been great for them. Richie stepped up like we hoped he would. You know, he, like you said, he picked up his seventh goal in the game against Ottawa. And, you know, all those young guys have stepped up so far. Nason and Shaw have played well in the fourth line so far. If they can, can all continue to play well, you know, the Ducks aren't really rushed into to making that top six deal because their top six is pretty much already established right now. You've got Raquel, Getzlaff, and Perry. You're not going to break up Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg. Even though Cogliano's not playing great offensively, you've got Kessler with 25 points in 29 yeah. games. You've got Silverberg playing a lot better this season. You know, Cogliano doesn't need to score those goals. And then you've got a, a third line with Fremat, Cache, and Richie that you never really expected anything to come from that line, but it's been one of the Ducks' best lines of as of late. You know, right now they don't need to make a deal. Um, the expansion draft kind of throws a wrench in that. Um, if they think they're going to lose Manson, it'll be interesting to see what kind of, if they're forced to make a deal. But right now, uh, we're looking at how the team is playing right now and, and how the lines have kind of gelled and, and created some chemistry. I don't think they're, they're really in any hurry. Yeah, I agree with you. And that kind of goes with another uh, question, and probably the last question we'll take here that, uh, you know, Richard also asked this one too, is, you know, the Ducks have looked good. They've won the last three games. And, you know, obviously we've broken down uh, the games as we usually do, but he, but he asked, you know, what can they do better? Um, to me, I, I think the biggest thing, and this was kind of the problem last year, um, was the passing, Eddie. And, and that was really evident in the Carolina game. The Ducks couldn't get consecutive passes and getting things going. Uh, you saw a little bit of that in the second period against San Jose, and then obviously an Ottawa game that wasn't even an issue. So to me, um, that's the thing that I've seen, uh, you know, and then obviously the, the defense in a couple of those games, of course, the, you know, the, the Calgary game, the Carolina game, the defense has been uh, a little bit suspect in those games. But, um, you know, I, I think the Ducks are trending in the right direction. I mean, you, you can't complain. They're in first place. They're, they're winning the games. They're even winning games that they necessarily shouldn't have been winning, like the Carolina one. Uh, so I, I think they're doing well. I think they just need to fine-tune a few little things here and there, and I think they'll be pretty good. Yeah, everything seemed to click as of late. Um, you know, this is their second three-game winning streak, I think, uh, so far this season. So um, it's nice to go get those three wins at home before you go on a six-game road trip. Uh, so I think they're trending in the right direction. I think, like you said, the, the you know the quick outs and the passing can be improved on. Um you know they they had a little bit of issue with that in the Carolina game where there was two breakaway goals and and some mm-hmm. giveaways there where their passing wasn't so great and I think the the one other thing they can really work on right now is the penalty kill and it was something you know we didn't think we'd be saying because it was so great last year but it's you know it's twenty first in the NHL right now 
You know, they're they're ninth in goals per game, tenth in goals against per game. Their power play is third in the league, so everything's going well for those. But the penalty kill is, you know, it's not too great right now. So I think, I think that's something they can improve on. You know, it doesn't have to be top ten, but at least get it in in the top half of the league, and I think that will that will definitely help them. Yeah, I agree. And the uh, the Ducks are going to take you know this three game winning streak uh, on the road, and uh, this week they're going to play uh, Dallas, Boston, and Detroit. And it should be interesting. I think the Ducks can, you know, I think they can keep this winning streak going against all these teams, Eddie. I mean, if you you look at Dallas, we kind of talked about how they've been having some, you know, just, just, uh, excuse me, defensive uh, issues um, before the show. You and I are discussing this, and I'm looking at the goalie situation here, and they're still, you know, they have Lettinen and Niemi, and they're still going back and forth. You got Lettinen with 19 games, you got Niemi with 14 games. Um, it's kind of like the Anderson Gibson thing of last year for the Ducks. They they go back and forth with these goalies. We remember this was an issue for them last year, especially in the playoffs. Um, but this is a team, uh, you know, starting this road trip. This is one I think the Ducks can win. Uh, Dallas isn't quite the same team as they were last year. Yeah, uh, they, this is a team that would score goals for fun last year, and mm-hmm. uh, this year they're they're still scoring, but they're they're sitting nineteenth in goals per game. And last year their issue was defense; uh, that was one of their main issues last year. But the fact that they scored so many goals, it didn't matter. And uh, but now it's caught up to them. Uh, and this is something we knew would eventually happen with them. But they thought I thought they were a good enough team that it, you know they would still be in the top half of the league. Right now they're sitting in twenty fourth. They're last in in goals against per game. Their penalty kill is in the bottom three, and they're they're hovering below the middle mark for power play and goals per game. You know, Spezza struggling. Sagan and Banner still playing well for them, but Klingberg struggling for them. Their their goaltending is just awful. I, I mean, Lettinen sitting under nine hundred in save percentage. Niemi's just over. They're both hovering around or over three goals against per game. So. I mean, at times they can look like last year's stars, so you can't take them for granted. But this is a team that gives you a lot of chances. They play at high speed, and we've seen that with the the, the games that the Ducks have played against them this season. So they need to come out and play with the energy that they've played in in the last three games and play a tight defensive game, and and the goals will come. I mean, against a team like Dallas and the way they've been playing this year with the holes they have defensively, you'll, you'll get chances. They just have to bury them. Yeah, and after uh, the, you know Dallas uh, game, the Ducks are going to then uh, head to Boston and uh, take on the Bruins, which you know they've been playing 500 hockey lately. You know they're four, four and two in their last ten. Uh, you know Tuka Rask has been doing pretty well for them. I mean, one point eight five goals against, nine thirty save percentage. So uh, he's been doing well. Of course, uh, some former Ducks on this team, who Dobin's the backup, and obviously uh, Bolesky, who you know hasn't been doing uh, you know too great this year. I mean, he's only got a couple goals. So. Um, this is still another one I think the Ducks can pull out, Eddie. Uh, you know, they've got a few guys that are scoring goals, but uh, Boston's, you know, just behind Ottawa in the standings. So they're not playing terrible. They're a couple games over 500, but this is definitely another winnable game for the Ducks. Well, the good thing about this game is, is Boston defensively is a very good team. Tuka Rask has been their guy this season. Uh, their goal scoring is a little bit suspect, other than David Pasternak, who's been unbelievable. He's 18 goals so far this season. And uh, and then uh, you've got Brad Marchand and David Krejci have been their main go-to offense guys this year. Bergeron's actually struggled. He only has eight points so far in 26 games. But defensively, they're they're very strong. And, and But uh, the way the schedule works out, they actually play Pittsburgh the day before 
they play us. They play Pittsburgh on the Wednesday, and then they play us on the Thursday. And more than likely, you would expect Rash to go against Pittsburgh, being it in an in Eastern Conference team. Uh, they're like they're in the same conference. It's a it's a tougher opponent essentially for them. So we're looking at getting either one of Kadobin, uh, McIntyre, or, or Malcolm Subban if he plays. Most likely Kudobin if he's healthy, which is a huge boost for the Ducks. Kudobin is is one and four this season with a three goals against average. So if we can get Kudobin, I think it's a winnable game. It is a winnable game no matter what. But I mean, anytime you can avoid Tukarask, especially the way he's playing this season, it's a big advantage. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think that game, you know, is going to be uh, probably a tight one too. You know, probably a one or two goal affair. And uh, you know, the Ducks will then play Detroit after that. And I think Detroit might be the same way too. I mean, you know, they their goalies haven't been you know slouches either. You got Howard at one point six eight. You've had Mrazek with two point two nine. You know, the, they've got a little bit of balanced scoring. I mean, uh, you know, Zetterberg's got uh, six goals. Nielsen's got six goals. And Mike Green as well, and the Larkins got nine. So I mean, you know, they've been coming through with you know bounced attack, but um, another team that you know that hasn't been playing all that great. So I, you know, I think the Ducks can you know really win this one in all three of these. Yeah, and it's another team who, like the Stars, um, is struggling compared to how they played last year. They're not getting a lot of offense from guys who who scored for them last year. I mean, uh, Nyquist and Tatar took a step down last year, and they've taken another step down this year, especially Tatar, who we talked about in, at length in the offseason, only has 11 points for them so far. Nyquist has 15, uh, and Larkin only has 11, albeit 9 of his 11 being goals. But you know, those are guys they expected to step up with losing uh, Pavel Datsuk. And really, Zetterberg has been their best player this season, and, and he only has 20 points in 29 games. So... They've struggled in the goal scoring aspect. Their goalies have been decent for them. Howard's been well. Howard's been amazing for them in the fourteen games mm-hmm. that he's played. Mrazek's been okay for them, but I think it's a game they should win. Detroit's struggling this season. They're they're struggling to to move on from Pavel Datsuk, which of course is a big loss for them. Anytime you lose a player of his caliber, it's difficult to move on. Um, and I think the, these three games, normally you look at last season, you'd be saying this is a really, really tough start to the road trip. But with the way these three teams are playing, these are games that the Ducks should win, especially with the way the Ducks are playing right now. They're playing with a lot of speed, a lot of energy, and uh, these are teams who haven't been able to score goals this season. So I think if the Ducks can get ahead early, I think they'll they'll be good in each of these games. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that you know the big key too, and we've kind of been the theme of this whole uh, show is, and you know the bottom six for the Ducks. You look at the the goals players that have come and played for this team, and the way that they have stepped up. Uh, some you know as recent as this week, and some for you know a few weeks now in the season. It's going to be huge for this team moving forward. You know beyond just this road trip and the rest of the season. Um, it's something that you mentioned too. We talked about this in the summer. Uh, after all the moves were done and and the Ducks didn't get that big forward that we had talked about and everybody had talked about, um, they're going to rely on these guys. And uh, you have to be happy if you're a Ducks fan. I mean, you you have Kase, Camarosa, Nason, uh, Shaw. You know, they're all coming up. They're playing well. Richie's improved this year. Um, Raquel is just going out of his mind. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously he's outside of the goals group, but you know, he's just been playing outstanding. Um, so this team. Uh, you know, it, it's looking up, it's trending up, and it's it's been a good week. I, I think we're going to see some more good weeks. Uh, we're going to see them winning some more games, and it, it's going to be a good battle. Uh, you know, I, I said this before, I, I don't care about first in the Pacific. I mean, if they get it, great, but 
I just want them to continue with the way that they're starting to kind of get together and, and gel together, especially with all these young guys, Eddie. Yeah, and one thing we talked about for the last few podcasts and that we got to ask over and over again was where, when are they going to find consistency? And it wasn't as much as consistency with winning games and losing games and, and winning three in a row or whatever like that. It was more so we saw it as consistency within the lineup and finding, like you said, being able to find, to gel together and find cohesiveness in the lineup. And, and that's something they've finally been able to do. You know, they've got Raquel who's fit in on that first line with Getzlaff and Perry, the the ever-present Cogliano, Kessler, Silverberg line, and, and then obviously the fact that Richie, Vermette, and, and Cassie have been able to play so good together. I think that's the key to their success so far, and, and definitely the key to, to their success in the upcoming games before the Christmas break and, and beyond from there. Uh, you, you have to be able to go out and be confident that you can play the same lineup and not have to change things up. Like how many times last year did we say, oh, we don't know who's going to be on whose line this year. And right. that's more of a Bruce Boudreau thing more than anything. But it, 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 you know, we didn't know if Perry was going to be on the same line as Getzlaff. We didn't know. The only thing we knew was Cogliano, Kessler, Silverberg would be together pretty much any night. The fact that we can say that about three, not three lines now is very comforting. And, and it's, it's nice to see that they're able to finally work out those early, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, the, the early rumbles they had in the lineup and, and that they can finally, you know, get get it going and, and have the same lineup every night. Yeah, and, I, and, you know, this is something, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast the seasons before, too. Um, this is a key for any team. When you can get your lines together, you don't necessarily have to have four lines that are all ironed out and, you know, you know who's who every night. But when you can... Um, get to, you know, that's good. I mean, it works out. It's fine. You know, you're going to do some damage. But when you can get three, that's really good. I mean, you know, the, and that's where the Ducks are at right now. You've got the top three ready to roll. You've got the fourth line where you can, you know, interchange people, move people around and whatnot. Um, you have to like the consistency now as far as the line mates and the pairings. The, you know, the D pairings have been matched up too. Uh, hopefully, obviously, you know, get, you know, everybody um, healthy. Uh, you know, we're waiting for a few people to come back like we talked about. But other than that, this team is doing well. They're looking good. And uh, I look forward to this road trip. And I, I think the Ducks will do well. And, uh, you know, with that, we'll uh, we'll come back uh, halfway through the, the road trip. We'll talk about what's going on and obviously talk about the second half of the road trip. So stay tuned for that. And let's go Ducks. <laughs> 